Only. Carry On Only. Dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. With award-winning photographer, creative director, and travel expert, Jill Pater. Jill has worked in over 100 countries, has published 21 books on architecture, design, travel, and gastronomy. Now, here's Jill and her co-host, Lisa Polachek. Today, Jill is going to take us to Israel. Jill, how did Israel end up on your travel schedule? Well, Israel had been on my list for a very long time. It's, um, it's, it's really, if it's, if it's not in your top 10, I think it should definitely be on your list of places to go. It really offers so much in terms of food, architecture. You know, it's the birthplace of three major world religions. And even if you're not religious, the political history of that, the, the buildings, the architects, the remains of that are, are pretty profound to see. Um, and it's also one of the, Tel Aviv is also one of the Middle Eastern food capitals of the world. So you can't go wrong. Seems like there's good food every destination <laughs> yes. you choose. Is that is that a, a criteria? That is not a coincidence. Ah, yes. Very good. Yes. Thank you for the honesty. Uh, what kinds of things did you explore when you went to Israel? What what were the things you knew you had to check out? So I'm very passionate about architecture. Most of my books and most right. of my work is based around architecture. So the Bauhaus movement in Tel Aviv was kind of first and foremost on the list. A lot, during World War II, a lot of the Bauhaus um, architecture group you know, was split up and shut down. And so a lot of the, that top talent moved to Tel Aviv. Um, so you see walking down the streets, you know, beautiful Bauhaus buildings, apartments, you know, and kind of just randomly on the streets um, along with major, major buildings. So architecture was a key, key point, as was the food scene in Tel Aviv. You have um, Israel's kind of the California of the Middle East. So you have multiple growing seasons, you have amazing fresh produce, and really some of the top, top food in the region. Um, I also, there's a, there's a pretty big difference going from Tel Aviv is a very modern and moderate city. Going from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem is pretty night and day. Jerusalem is very conservative. Again, the birthplace of the three largest religions, all of whom disciples are now descending upon it for, you know, touring the old city in Jerusalem. So it's a really fascinating place to visit in, in a historic sense. And again, you don't have to be a, a person of a religious background to enjoy or appreciate that, but very, very different. You also have, you know, being in the middle of the Middle East, you also have, you know, Israel is surrounded by the dead, the med, and the red. So it's surrounded by three beautiful seas. You have amazing beaches. Really just, so, it, it offers so much in a very compact place and a place that's very easy to travel around. The architecture, the food, and the religious iconography sounds like this is a very photogenic destination. It is. What kinds it absolutely of things, is. Uh, what kinds of projects did you pursue as a result of this visit? On this trip, this was part of, and I, in the travel memoir, Carry On Only, which is what this podcast is based on, Israel was a part of an around-the-world trip that I did. And so for that particular trip, I was taking lots of photos, but it wasn't specifically for a book. I mean, those images are in a couple, have landed in a couple of different books, like Carry On Only, which has you know, along with the travel diaries, it has the images. But this was really about kind of exploring places that I hadn't been, that were on the list, that I just, I wanted to more than necessarily pull a book out of or, or do a, a specific work project. I just wanted to see an experience. 
And Israel has also been on a place that we've seen, you know, on the news so much politically as well. And I wanted to, you know, I wanted to see it from my own eyes. I wanted to see what that was about. And I also made it into the Palestinian territories, which was a very interesting experience. And, you know, had the opportunity to see what walls do to separate places and just that, that disparity, those negotiations and those kind of inward fights that have been going on a long time. Have you been able to have more intelligent conversations with people here at home because of this trip? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it informs, there's nothing like actually being in a place and meeting people that in, informs your, your politics and your decision making on so many things. Because mm-hmm. you can't hate somebody that you know up close, you know, somebody that you get to know and you see their perspective on things. And to see those two wildly different perspectives on the same political topic is pretty fascinating. Excellent. I'm sure there are lots of pilgrimages, but uh, what are what's the full array of the the types of travelers who should really consider Israel? Again, so many. I mean, you have you could go for any one of these things mm-hmm. or all of them. So definitely the foodies. Um, definitely, you know, people who are doing religious trips that want to see religious heritage sites. People who are into politics, adventure travelers, architecture, history. Just think that, you know, the Middle East, it has so much to, it has so much to offer, and it's not always, these aren't always the first people's places on people's lists. There's so much there. Israel's a very safe country relatively to travel throughout and very friendly. I'm sure you did a ton of research ahead of time. I know that you're very meticulous about finding out as much as you can, uh, but what sorts of surprises did you encounter? I think that the country was so accessible. You know, it felt, I was imagining it kind of much bigger than it was. It was very easy to get around. I think just the difference between, you know, which we have here in the U.S., right? We have very different, you know, political factions and views. And so seeing like the very modern and moderate side of Israel and seeing the very conservative side, you know, within the same day, within a couple hour trip was, Mm -hmm. was to me very fascinating. The politics of the region, the history, um, being in the old city of Jerusalem and, and you, you have huge, you know, birthplace of Christianity, Islam, and Judaism in one place. And you have, you know, people from all around the world and all those um, religions kind of flocking to the same spot. It's, it's kind of mind-blowing to see, to see that. On the note of Israel being more accessible and perhaps a little bit more intimate than you expected, uh, what were your transportation options? How did you get from place to place? So from... Uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. I took a shirut. There's tons of, which is like a, a, a shuttle bus. Um, taxis throughout the city are available. Uh, I always love to walk as much. Jerusalem is a city that's uphill <laughs> oftentimes, so it's a little bit harder to walk, you know, walk around. So I definitely recommend taxis for Jerusalem. And then I did, um, when I went into the West Bank, it's an interesting system because cars with Israelis plates can't go into the West Bank. So you have a driver an Israeli driver take you to the border and then um, a Palestinian driver will pick you up and, and take you into the Palestinian territories, but they can't cross. Okay. Um, so that was an interesting, it felt very much like a CIA experience. It was a very short trip. They're very, you know, close to each other. And it was, but it was fascinating to kind of experience that and what, what that's like. And then there's tons of, you know, it's, Israel's very geared up for tourism. So there's tons of trip to, Mas- to Masada, the Dead Sea, a lot, which is to the um, the south border, which is a very popular beach town with beautiful beaches. A lot's also the entry point into Jordan. So if you want to go into Jordan, 
to see Petra in the runes, that's, that's the injury spot. Do these transportation options or some of the sites that you're recommending require advanced reservations or can you kind of work spontaneously throughout the country? You can work pretty spontaneously, I would say, for the most part. You know, a lot of these places do get very busy, so you are fighting just kind of bodies at some point, you know, when you're at the religious, and specifically the religious areas. Mm -hmm. But you can work pretty spontaneously, and you can also work well on a budget. Again, Israel's a place you can work on all budgets. So amazing, you know, easy kind of street food, if that's, if that's your thing, all the way on up to luxury hotels and, you know, and fine star dining. And same thing with accommodations. Okay. Is there an ideal time of year to visit Israel? Spring and fall are, are the best, generally okay. speaking. Okay. And you said that there are a couple different price points or, or um, budget options. Can you tell us what budget-minded travel would look like and what an extravagant travel would look like? I sure can. <laughs> so budget-minded, again, it's, it's a lot of it's finding your international air ticket is usually the most expensive. So if for a budget person, you can go through um, airfare brokers like airtrex.com or momundo.com, and they'll find you tickets from wherever your uh, city of origin is. If you're going, you know, whole hog on this, you can obviously just book a first class ticket in, into Tel Aviv or into Jerusalem. In terms of accommodation, there's lots of, you know, Airbnb option, Airbnb type options. Um, because it's a place that's so visited in a lot, oftentimes for religious reasons first, there's lots of, you know, budget accommodations. Jerusalem is a little bit more expensive than Tel Aviv that way, but again, really plentiful to choose from. And then you have some of the, you know, top luxury hotels in the world. So it just, it just depends on how you want to travel. One way isn't better than the, the, the next. I like kind of having a little bit of mix of both. Sure. How much time do you like to have at your disposal when you're visiting? I would say for this trip, a minimum of seven days. Okay. Again, you can spend a lot of time in Israel. I didn't make it north, which is something that I endeavor to go back and do. But you can, I would say a minimum of seven. Seven to ten would probably be more ideal, especially like once you kind of get into the country and, and, and you see it, it's, it's probably going to be different than you're anticipating. And you, and you may just want to spend more time. You may want to go to the Dead Sea. You may want to do the beaches of the south. You may want to spend more time at, you know, the historical areas. Like I didn't think, for example, that the religious sites would be so interesting to me. I wanted to see them. They were on the list. But it was a little bit more profound than I was anticipating just because you see, you know, the history and politics of the region so well displayed in that. So you, you never, it might surprise you a little bit. Can you tell me a little bit more about the cuisine? Yes. So Israeli cuisine is really all about, it's, it's kind of ultimate farm-to-table cuisine. Nice. All about fresh foods, fresh vegetables. And Tel Aviv in particular has some of the top chefs in, in the world working there. So it's putting together, it's a very healthy cuisine, which I love about it. But having said that, they do have some of the best donuts in the world. Ironically, <laughs> you go by these like, donut shops that have spoons in the middle of the donut. You're eating out the donut. I digress. But, you know, the, the usual, like hummus and couscous, uh, I can't say it. Help me out here, Lisa. Couscous. Thank you. You know, the, but the fresh fruits and vegetables, um, the healthily cooked meats and things are amazing there. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's simply done, but done with the best ingredients and done well. Wow. And how do you pack when you go? I know you're the master of the single bag for, and a, and a carry-on bag at that. So what, what's in your travel bag when you're going there? 
Well, specifically for Jerusalem, which is very hilly, again, you're going to want comfortable walking shoes, which I feel like I preach on the podcast all the time, but I can't say it enough. I mean, there's a reason it's good advice. Yeah. And I always, I always recommend, like, I have specific clothes that I travel in just because they're the, the most kind of malleable clothes. Like, okay. they look good by day and night. They're, they're the right weight, the right density. They're, they're cool and they need to be cool and they're hot and they warm you up when you want to be warmer. Mm-hmm. But the shoes are kind of a must, specifically for Jerusalem. It's, I would say, for the most part, casual clothing is going to get you around. Again, if you're at nicer dinners and, you know, evening events, you're going to want typical evening attire. But I'd say for the most part, most of the things that you would likely be doing in Israel are, are kind of casual clothes, clothes that you can, you know, comfortably move around in. Very good. Well, I think that's a, a great crash course in visiting Israel. Uh, there's a lot more information and gorgeous photography on your website and among the show notes. That's all the time we have today. Please join us again uh, for our next podcast of Carry On Only next month. Thank you for listening. Carry On Only. Thanks for listening to Carry On Only, dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. Listen to Jill take you around the world in style, live every week right here or 24-7 on demand at StarWorldWideNetworks.com. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share. For immediate access to Jill's destination guides, blog, and show notes, please visit JillPater.com. And follow her on Instagram at JillPater.